Welcome to Life So Far. I'm Rich Bryant and I sit down with everyday people from all different backgrounds to hear the wisdom and stories from their lives so far. Thank you so much for stopping by and I really hope you enjoy this next conversation. Today I'm stoked to sit down with Mr. Andrew Main, who's a top bloke. So I'm glad to sit with him. Thanks, mate. That's a compliment to start with. <laughs> yeah, that's how like just buttering up, buttering you up a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's so, right. So, so people can get an idea of who you are and what you do. What's your full name, your date of birth, and what you do for a job? Ah, uh, so Andrew Glenn Main. Glenn is a uh, family name. My grandfather. Um. I was born on the 7th of April, 1979, so I'm 41 years of age, um, married with five kids, um, and I am full-time as a pastor at Gateway Baptist Church, and I'm the Ormo Campus pastor, also working in a broader role just across um, Gateway as a whole, working with all of our campuses, and yeah, I've been there since the year 2000, so it's... 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. Wow, yeah. that's, that's a great effort. I don't think there'd be like, especially now in this day and age, there would be that many people who are stick, like at a job for more than 20 years or 20. So that's a that's a great achievement. Yeah, uh, Chrissy, my wife, and I were reflecting that last week because she's, she's a nurse, um, pediatric nurse. Okay, yeah. And she's been in the same job for as long as we've been married to in 19 years marriage last week. and Congratulations. Yeah, we've both been in the same job. Her... Her, she transitioned in terms of the hospital she was part of merged with another hospital. Okay. So she moved to a new employer, but uh, there was no other option to stay. So it just felt like it was a continuation for her more than a an active change. So it has been significant stability in that sense. Yeah, so, that's yeah. amazing. So first question, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? <laughs> that's a, that, that is a really good question. I... Oh, I I remember back when we had our first child. So let, let me go for the the family one first. Um, first kid coming along, everybody has advice for you. Everyone's got a book you should read. Everyone's got a, you know, their insight into how you should parent and what you should do with crying babies and feeding babies. And there's more advice rolling around in that area than anywhere else, I reckon. And the thing that we all fail to realize at times is that every experience is different. Like every family makeup is different. The the home life is different. The rhythm of life is different. And so sometimes you get advice from people that have worked it out for them and like good on them, but it doesn't necessarily translate into every area yeah, of life. It's not like a one size fits all. Thing. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, some people are really blessed with a really settled child from day one. Some people have a really sick child. And so it's, it's really challenging. But uh, a good friend of mine at the time in the midst of everything else being told to me, just said to me, you and Chrissy are smart enough that you'll just work it out. And um, it doesn't sound like advice, but it turned into be the greatest piece of advice where you just go, actually, there's some things in this that we can't prepare for. Um, and so we just got to live each day and trust, um, you know, the things that we've learned, trust our wisdom in the midst of that, lean into others when we need to. Um, so I'm not saying that, you know, reading stuff and educating yourself is bad. It's not at all. But um, 
just charting our own journey in in that. Um, I, I just still remember that. It's, it's but I, all the other stuff just became noise. I can't tell you one other piece of advice we received. But. Did you find that that them saying you know you'll figure it out that that sure that would give you a lot of confidence as well? Yeah, it just felt a little permission giving. Mm. Like you can get, you can just build this anxiety around feeling like you have no idea what you what you do, and you don't. Like it's the biggest significant change for us and. Um, yeah, I think it was just this confidence that, you know, we will work it out and that's been true. Mm. We just have worked it out, made plenty of mistakes. Um, but some of those mistakes just been trying to work out the best way to do things. So, yeah. And that's something that can be totally applied across all aspects of life nowadays, isn't it? Like Definitely. everything can be Googled or YouTubed. Definitely. But sometimes there is a there is a time where you have to be like, I'm just going to have to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, like, there is, yeah. Because you can get overwhelmed. Yeah, so look, I would say that's one of the best pieces of advice I've got just in terms of family life. Um, I don't want to turn this into like a, you know, I don't want this to sound like I should say this because I'm a pastor, but there's probably a few pieces of biblical wisdom that I realize I come back to time and time again as a bit of mantra to the way I choose to live life. And um, oh, look, there's plenty of stuff, but there's, there's three. Uh in marriage is a verse that talks about, you know, husbands love your wife as Christ loves the church. And there's moments where, um, you, you know, Chrissy and I are having a moment and all I want is for her to admit that I was right and she was wrong. And you have these standoffs because she's probably thinking the same thing because we can be stubborn creatures. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I often just think of that verse and I just think, you know, th- there's something powerful about this picture of not – of always choosing to – um, lead with love in your relationship even when you feel aggrieved or frustrated. And look, there's times I feel aggrieved and frustrated that, you know, I'm the goose and it's just how I am, you know. Like, so I'm not saying it's always about me being the bigger person um, because I say she would lean in the same way. But that sense that if I always choose to move quickly through the things that, become challenges for us or roadblocks for us or you know tense moments in our relationship so i try to live by the mantra of that verse and uh you know christ loved the church gave up his life for the church it says just um that's how deep his love was and i think you know there's nothing in our relationship that um i shouldn't actually always try to be proactive to taking it forward not wanting to sit in you know sometimes and sometimes you look back on the things that you argue about you know, have disagreements about in your relationship and they're so insignificant and it becomes more about who's right than it does actually become about the issue. So that's been really important for me. Um, there's another scripture that talks about don't grow weary in doing good. We've actually got that. Someone someone from our church, I spoke on this one day in church and someone actually printed it on a canvas for us because I said to them, I'd love to actually get a decal across the door of our house so that every time my family left, the thing they read was don't grow weary in doing good because it's easy to grow weary doing good and uh, it's easy to feel like people owe you something or the world owes you something. Um, But, yeah, just a little bit of a thing that, you know, I want for my family is that our attitude is that we go out and we own our actions, our decisions, our motivations, and uh, if the motivation is to do good for others, it's a good place to be. Um, so I, I see that as a great piece of advice. Because it can be very easy to kind of take the easy road sometimes, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's and just human nature in a way sometimes. 
Yeah, it is. I just think sometimes we feel like just one good act requires suddenly people owe us up. But I just don't think that that's. You know, I think it's called to live as generous people, loving people, um, regardless of what we receive back from that. Mm. Um, uh, third one, there's a verse that says, "Where we're at all possible with you, live at peace with all people." And uh, I think that's another thing that I've carried through life is I try to. I I don't look in life to uh, create any enemies. That doesn't mean I'm going to get on with everyone. It doesn't mean that I'm going to agree with everyone. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to like me. I like to be liked, you know, but um, there's something powerful in that. And and I could probably honestly say to you sitting here, I I couldn't easily name someone that I, that I carry a grudge against. Like, um, and that's not to say that, I haven't been wronged or I haven't wronged others. I know I have, um, but I try and do my best to repair that, move past it, move on from it. Yeah, um, yeah so there's three bits of biblical that's kind great. of advice that I reckon I carry yeah. significantly. That third one, I think that's so, so important, isn't it? Because it's such a, it's almost like the Vogue thing, especially at the moment, is to kind of like you have your opinion and then, Everybody else is your enemy, or they're against you. Like we've seen it in political stuff at the moment, the polarization. If the world, if we all kind of lived by that, it's not to say we wouldn't be able to have deep sort of like not discussions. I would say over an argument or healthy arguments. Yeah, but it's going. I'm not into like. There's definitely times where I've been guilty of. You almost get you revel in the fact that this person. Is, is upset with you. You're like, what am I doing here? Yeah, people go looking for offence and don't mind offending others. Um, I, My best friend through school, his mum said this to us once. Maybe this is another great piece of advice actually, but I just remember a saying in context to something. Our, our families were really close, but we were different. We did some things differently. We... um. You know, the way we celebrate Christmas, it looked different. Just, there's plenty of differences in the way we did family life. I just remember her saying once, difference not wrong, difference just different. Mm. And I think sometimes we think just because someone has a different view to us that they have to be our enemy. Like I just – I mean, you look at all the political stuff at the moment. Um, it's pretty clear when you look at voting numbers and all of that, and it doesn't matter what election you're looking at, but – whether it's 40 or 60 or 55, 45, you know, every second person actually sees the world through a different lens than you do. Definitely. And I think one of the greatest stances of grace we've got to have is recognizing that sometimes people just, people have a different perspective. Sometimes it's because of their upbringing. Sometimes it's because of their experience, their circumstances, where they've come from. Um, And that's okay. Like different is different doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. Now we do get passionate about some things that we go, actually we see this differently and we actually believe that your view is wrong for a whole bunch of reasons, but there's still a challenge in that to be able to sit in the dialogue and sit in the conversation, but still actually um, show kindness and care to the person behind it. Uh, I just think we've lost that art to be honest. I guess that's one of the, my motivations around what we're doing here, this podcast, is because I guess my aim is to have – I just want to talk to people from all different backgrounds, yeah. people that I would not necessarily associate with, and by asking them similar questions, I think – and even in the small amount of people that I've t- chatted to already, they're, 
even they, they all come from a similar background, but their answers are so different. Everybody has a different take on the world, you know, and I think yeah. more of us need to understand that as, as we've talked about, we could go on forever, but it's, that is a normal thing because we're all viewing everything through our own experiences, our own preconceived conceptions and all this. Sort of, is that the right word? I don't think that's the right word, but I know what you mean. You know what so, you mean. Yeah. 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 All right. uh, look, so I, I work as a pastor, um, have been for 20 years at the start of that journey. I did some study, um, some theological study and I had a great lecturer that um, lectured in the Bible and the thing that I learned most through that that's really served me in my vocational life, my ministry life, has been the importance of understanding the context of Scripture. So if you really want to know what the meaning behind something that was spoken or something that was expressed, understand the context in which it was spoken and then it gives you an idea of what was trying to be communicated. Um, so that's just a skill that I've had to learn over the years in terms of how I've read and interpreted the Scriptures. I think it's the same in life though. Unless we actually take a moment to hear someone's story, understand someone's story, walk in their shoes for a moment, we, we so often just judge behavior. And that's not to say that, you know, sometimes behavior is inappropriate and bad and wrong and all of that. But sometimes you dig behind the story and you look at some of the brokenness or dysfunction or pain or whatever in someone's story, suddenly it gives you a context to be able to interpret the experience you're having. And as I said, that doesn't excuse bad behavior, for instance, but um, I think it's the same Like when it comes to our perception on life or our experience of the world or um, the views we hold around a whole vast array of topics. Unless we take time to hear someone's story and step into their context, um, we don't get the full picture of where they're coming from. You can't have empathy. Well, yeah. That's what empathy is, isn't it? Taking out, stepping into someone's shoes and trying to feel what they feel. One of my best mates reckons that empathy is one of the most lost skills that we have today is just the capacity to just really understand the context of someone's life. Yeah. To understand the way they act, the way they talk, the views they hold. And uh, I'd agree. I think it's a skill as well that it's so lost that it's never been more valuable. I think it's something that yeah. if you can show empathy to somebody instantly, that there's a real connection yeah. Because we don't we don't feel that too often anymore. You know, it can really set you apart. Not that that's what you're trying to do by being em empathetic, but it can be. It's something that it's just not natural at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I read this book. Uh, I, I'm a terrible reader, so I'll admit that now. I'm a I'm a bitsy reader. I just grab chunks and sections. And anyway, there was a book that I got a hold of a couple of years ago. I think the guy's name is Randy Harris. Um, I don't know anything of this guy, just somewhere I got the book. And uh, I think it was called Confessions of a Stand-Up Theologian, something like that. Um, there's a little section in his book where he talks about, um, he said, we all think we're right all of the time. And he said, if you think about it, that makes sense. Because if if you don't think you're right, you wouldn't hold that view. He said, so we always think we're right until someone does something to convince us that the view we held was wrong. And then we change our opinion or perspective and suddenly we're right about everything again. And uh, it was just a really interesting read. Like it's, it's, it's not rocket science. It makes sense. But it is this whole idea that, you know, we do hold views for a whole variety of reasons. And someone differs to us. We think they're wrong because we're convinced that the view we hold is right. I think the humility to be able to accept that people 
might see the world differently to us, experience the world differently to us, not be afraid of having dialogue, but also not being afraid of actually doing it in a kind way with a level of humility that suggests maybe I don't know everything and maybe I've got something to learn here. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right on that one. All right, what has been your greatest struggle? Another deep question. Wow, you're going deep, Richard. (laughs) Ah, my greatest struggle. Uh, I'd say just in a really practical sense, um, I like to feel like I'm a fairly disciplined person, um, but I would say that I haven't maintained great um, personal disciplines around just fitness and I love the social nature of eating with friends and family. And so um, through my younger years, you kind of just think you've got endless time to just reverse that. And so I'm starting to try and do some of that now. But uh, it's strange. I hit 40 and now suddenly every time I do some fitness work or I play footy with one of my kids and love it. I love that competitive side of sport, but everything aches twice as much as it used that to. That recovery is so, not so quick anymore. Yeah. So I think I've probably, one of my, my challenges has been just neglecting that side of life. Um, and yeah, it's sometimes hard to reverse some of that. Um, I think too, in, probably in my leadership journey, one of my greatest struggles is, I, I said it earlier, I do like to be liked. Um, but sometimes as a leader, you got to make decisions that mean you're not going to be liked by everybody. Um, for someone that likes to be liked, that's a significant learning curve and transition. And uh, so I think recognizing there though, that actually it doesn't help anybody if you try and protect people. Like if, if the fear of having a tough conversation is just, I'm going to feel ordinary about having a tough conversation doesn't help anybody. doesn't help the person that you're having it with actually move forward and grow. doesn't help, uh, you know, the, the program that you're responsible for, the organization that you're running or the group of people that you're overseeing. Um, it doesn't actually help them. Uh, but still, it's just a learnt art when, you know, you, you like being in, you know, like amicable relationships. And uh, I see most people as friends. And so... <laughs> That, that's been a challenge for me in growing in that. I think I'm growing in it, um, but it hasn't been an easy transition. And it's like any of those things, isn't it? It's a, it's, you're never, you're never ever going to be there. You're never going to be a hundred percent with it. But if you are growing, then you're on that, that you're on that journey, you know, like we always want to grow faster. Yeah, absolutely. It's, if we're not moving forward, sometimes we're moving backwards. So, you know, if you are aware of that and you're, then you're on that journey. It's funny too, how the things we don't, necessarily like are the things that we crave like i like getting constructive feedback i like people just being upfront and honest like if there's a problem let's name it let's deal with it let's move on from it yeah um that's funny then consequently that i like to avoid those conversations when i actually crave them for myself yeah you know how good they are yeah but you just Yeah. yeah that's interesting how we yeah we work some of the most fruitful times of growth in my life is when i had to be confronted with some just home truths about um, you know, different areas where you know, like the, the feedback came back and it hurt to receive it and I didn't like the person that gave it for a while. Um, but I look back at it and think if they didn't have the courage to have that conversation, I wouldn't have grown 
in that area and I'd still be floundering in some things that, you know, I've probably grown competence in now. So, yeah. Need that wake-up call sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. On another, on the flip side then, so we've talked about struggles, what has been the happiest moment of your life? Happiest moment? Wow. Um, oh, look, most of that would come to family. You know, 19 years married to Chrissy, it's been – it's been great, you know, and look forward to the next 19. Um, marriage is hard work, but it's worth the effort. You know, like we've had plenty of challenging days and challenging seasons. Um, but, you know, just 19 years in, the depth, the deep love that we have for each other and the fun that we have is, is great. Um, I'd say that too. Add to that five kids. Um, it's been a great joy for us. Life is manic at the moment. Like, um, my eldest is finishing school. My youngest is just about to start school. Um, every phase of family life is different. I, f- I found uh, I'm not a big lover of the baby phase. Like, it just it, it's it's cool. Everyone everyone loves it in baby phase when it's not your baby. Um, and we had relatively good kids. Like, I feel really blessed. But um, yeah, I just found it tiring. It's just very mundane, very tiring. Lots uh, of crying. Lots of crying, being woken. There's just a lot of mundane tasks. And look, I say all that. Chrissy carried most of that <laughs> in our world. But uh, yeah, just just seeing your kids grow and develop, it's, it is a joyous time of life. You know, some of the greatest moments are just those family moments we have. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, most of my greatest moments reside I, you know if, I, if I've got a pinpoint if I've got to pick, pick the pinnacle moments um, you know marrying Chrissy being at the birth of my five kids um, and seeing them grow and develop five kids in the same same set of parents same household same environment all unique it's, yeah. it's a miracle it just amazing, to observe that it is yeah. like where did these personalities come from yeah. I know yeah. and so different to each other and mm. it, it is just an incredible thing to observe and yeah Fascinating. On, I guess that ties in a bit with also what you said in the first question, but what um what legacy do you want to leave or how do you want to be remembered? I got asked that question recently, like but I think it was like what what do you want on your tombstone? And uh, oh, yeah. That's, that's a little bit macabre, isn't it? Like, that's more the morbid version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh and and my answer was I hope I'm remembered as a kind person. Mm. Um, I just want to be known as a kind person. Again, I think kindness is a lost art. Um, so I said, I just hope someone writes on my tombstone here, you know, he was a great husband, great father, and a kind man. Mm. Like, I'd be happy with that. Um, but also, I want, I think a lot of people would say, this, but I want my life to count for something. Um, but if I leave a great legacy in my family, um, I obviously care about what I do as a job, you know, like I, I see the power of community. I see the healing power of community. I see, um, you know, just the role the local church can have in, in, uh, in a local community. Um, obviously the thing that sits behind all of that is I just believe in the power of Jesus to change people's lives. So, uh, I want to leave a great legacy in the, the church world. You know, that's where I feel like my skill set lends itself to, where I feel like I've been called to live my life and invest my life. And so, yeah, I do hope that um, I don't care if my name's not attached to it in any way. 
I just hope that in 50 years' time, the church that I'm part of leading now is actually doing way better than it is right now. Not that it's doing badly. I just hope that we just set it on trajectory to keep flourishing and the next generations to come through and, and have a really healthy foundation on which to build the future. So um, I'm sure that's I'd really be happening. That. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. Like, you know, I think it, I've ne- I'm yet to find a perfect person or a perfect church, and uh, we certainly aren't. Um, but, man, I love being with the people that we've assembled down here. And, yeah, it's just cool to see what happens when you get a bunch of people that are on – you know, focused in the same direction and, uh, yeah, excited about what that might become. Awesome. On that journey, hey? That's, yeah. That's what that's it's right. about, isn't it? That's right. Last question. Yep. If there was a piece of advice or encouragement that you could give to people listening, what would it be? A piece of advice or encouragement? <laughs> be kind? <laughs> yeah, uh, look – um, my, my faith would say to anybody that's listening that, um, is, is like me, a fellow believer, um, take it seriously. Like don't live a half-hearted Christian life, like let your life count for something and make the most of it for anyone that's not, um, find some space in your life at least to explore it and give it, I think in the breadth of your life. Um, finding some time to explore some of the deeper things and at least come to your own conclusions, not the conclusion someone else has told you or what you've seen on YouTube or, you know, what what someone else with a really loud voice has yelled down your ear. Just do yourself the favour of at least exploring it for yourself and you'll come to your own conclusions in that. Um, so I'd say that from a faith perspective. I'd say in terms of uh, what you do with your life, just choose to live a life of integrity um, shortcuts never seem to get you there any quicker and often lead you down some paths that are really messed up. So live a life of integrity. It'll serve you well. And uh, love those that are around you. Whoever's been placed in your network, love them, even when they're annoying, even when they're different, even when they're frustrating, even when they let you down. Um, love is the greatest thing that we're called to and uh, it it transforms us and it transforms the relationships that we're in. So that's not one piece of advice, Richard. No, that's just but that's me. A, that's just me freewheeling. No, a bunch of free, stuff. just freestyling. <laughs> yeah, freestyling. That's some good stuff, though. <laughs> yeah, that that it's amazing what you can cover in twenty five minutes or so. so yeah, yeah. I've I've never lacked things to talk about. So you know, that's a, that's you're the perfect guest. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Andrew, thanks so much. This has been great. I can't believe the stuff we've chatted in twenty six minutes or so. So awesome. Uh, I'm sure people will get a ton out of this. And uh, Look, I, I apologize to anyone listening. I hope it's been worth your time. Um, but, mate, talking to you is the real privilege of the day for me. Oh, so. Well, thanks. <laughs> See yeah. how you go. Let's go and get some lunch. <laughs> yeah. Go. We've got a mutual friend, James, here that I think needs to take us for lunch now. What do yeah, you sounds great. Cool. All righty. <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great day. See ya. See ya. I really hope you enjoyed that last conversation. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, it would mean the absolute world if you like and subscribed or left a positive comment. I know you've heard this all before, but these things really do help the channel grow. Thank you so much for your support, and I'll see you in the next episode.